Mad Beef is kept going and growing by generous support from Skater HQ. Bill and the team have been heavily involved in the inline skating community since 1991 and continue to support competitions, skaters, and now a podcast. You can visit Skater HQ at one of their Sydney shops or shop online at skaterhq.com.au. Also, big thanks to our Patreon supporters. It really means a lot. If you want to become a patron of the podcast, find us on Patreon and pledge a monthly contribution. Even just $2 a month would be a huge encouragement. Hi, welcome to Mad Beef, the Australian Rollerblading Podcast. I'm Mikey Lynch, and in this episode I have another conversation with Peter Wynant from Adapt Brand. Um, after a year, we talk about the 2021 collection, um, but we also look back on the whole Superleggera project and how it was received, some of the um, custom requests that came through, and we get hints at what the next wave of that project might be. Um, we talk about other changes that have been made, adjustments made to the other skates, um, a bit about the aluminium frames, um, and also take the time to stop and chat together about the long and impressive career of Julian Barr, who's received a signature skate, um, or another signature skate from um, Adapt Brand uh, in this 2021 collection. Enjoy. Uh, with Pump tracks, they're, they're a big, worm. what's the word, workout, like a, it really engages a lot of your body to, to use those things, hey? It's a quite a quite fast but also tiring thing to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like it. It's, it's For me, it's like a new sort of motivation within skating because um, I've been through like almost every step of skating, like first really hardcore into aggressive, but... I was always like the the fast side of skating would always like attract me the most. Yeah. So doing like a, just a run up and then a rail, like the the 2000 era uh-huh. was kind of like a nightmare for me because I don't know sessions were not so fun. I would say with friends it was nice, but for me skating wise was always the the movement and being able to go fast and and. Um, yeah, so I, I always prefer doing disaster tricks <laughs> and gaps because of this reason, because I would go fast. Um, so yeah, the pump tricks right now, like, yeah, it's really cool to get at a older age. It's, it's cool to like, I, I prefer skating bowl as well these days. Um, but with a pump track, it's more exhausting, really. It's like, with a ball, you can kind of cut a bit of corners and then go out after like two rounds or whatever. But with a pump track, you really need to like, I don't know, step up your game kind of. And if they're big, they're really exhausting. So it's, yeah, but it's fun. It's a lot of fun. And it's a good way to test our new skates as well. Because I bet. Um, yeah, I really like it. It's like, for me, that's like the kind of within like the free skate division. It's like the ultimate test, you know, like, if if the skate works perfect in in that area um yeah it's it's like a really solid skate and uh yeah so yeah it's exciting we we finally have one next to our house so that's that's pretty cool excellent so things have been very busy for you guys huh yeah insane it's uh me and olga were like last week we took one week off the first week in two years and uh yeah, we're we were heading down like a very narrow and long path of <laughs> getting almost to the point where like, why are we doing this? Like, 
it was a bit crazy, but now the weather is better and, and we finally see the light again and, and we're back on the skates a bit more. So, you know, Dutch uh, winters are not the most pleasant. Um, and then enter a bit of Corona sauce on top. And yeah, yeah it's like two years of no travel. It's kind of like, I don't know. Yeah, but now we're, we're getting there. We, we Do, you know the, um, Do you know that movie, um, the old movie, The Shining? You know where he's yeah 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 <laughs> that's me no, going like, through you know, the door work no play makes Jack exactly <laughs> yeah that, that that was me at one point <laughs> but yeah we 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 had to make some changes within the company because it's expanding uh, like a lot and and the the issue is we kind of want to keep the the details and the our effort to be the same but it's it's getting really difficult to to keep that going um so we kind of um went more strict with the rules so now we work from uh basically like emails and everything else we work from 11 till uh, 4 and uh, and then in the weekend we take time off but basically uh before and after uh, you know, for us, skating is also testing products. You know, we cannot be only behind the screen or else our product would not be, you know, evolving or getting better. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we kind of are now really strict on when we work, when we do meetings or when we do stuff. And everything else after or before is more like free time combined with skating but also more the fun parts of doing research and um yeah like working on skates and, and new projects because in the end if you only are doing like the business side you know i don't want to be that that company you know adapt is basically about always fine-tuning and having fun doing that so that was really important we kind of hit that kind of rock bottom to to see like okay fuck we need to like change it a bit in order to keep this uh, going yeah so but it's going well so this is know. just a bit over a year uh, or close to two years of having gone to do adapt full-time how long ago was that now yeah it's actually for me it's uh, a bit longer than two years now and Olga when corona hit like it took us two months and then I was like I'm, I'm not gonna keep this up um, so she quit a job immediately the thing was we could have done this way early um, or sooner, uh, but we never did because uh, because of lessons I learned in the past. You know, that was way too precious for us. And to just go ahead and be like, oh, let's live from it. Um, we could, but all the money went to research and new products and um, but at one point it gets too big, you know, and having two jobs on the side, which were also like skating related, of course, because I worked for the ice skating um, company. It was just too much, you know, and, and the company to me said as well, like, hey, dude, like <laughs> you're doing way too much work. And this is not well. Yeah, it was cool for them, but not cool for me. And uh, yeah, but they still produce our uh, like all the aluminium and uh, the, the frames and stuff, they, they still make it at that company where I used to work. 
so we have a good relationship so yeah yeah it's going really well actually like we have a good thing going right now um and it's nice to finally live from what we're doing basically without any pressure of money because yeah. because that was the most important thing like i would never go for like living from our company when when it would be like pressure you know mm-hmm. if if for example oh we need to have this amount of money to to live from it but then we have to do our bolts cheaper you know that's not not how i work i rather have the the more expensive bolts and not live from it you know because for me it's also it's my job but it's also my my hobby you know my passion so yeah. i would rather invest in having better gear than to just be able to say like hey we can live from adapt um but yeah now it's to that point where yeah we just full time do adapt so and i think in the future you and already this year you can see like the the changes of us running it full time i think customers immediately get responses on emails which in the past in the past was sometimes a bit like at night i would do emails or stuff like that and um so now we're always on top basically uh with with customer service or we try to uh we try our best and then with with product development you know this year with symmetrics we went kind of all out with different frames and and um yeah and the same with our collection you know um the only thing that is still lacking a bit behind is is the superleggera uh but that's only because of me um and never being happy so <laughs> yeah but yeah there's like a big list a waiting list from customers that are on the list for for the next like um yep. next skate that comes out but uh that's amazing isn't it already a waiting list for the next round of that that's yeah yeah it's like 50 plus people uh that don't know how it will look but they're on the list so <laughs> yeah but they're all all yeah it's going to be amazing that's skated yeah i've been working again going from the last one i never stopped like developing and um with the feedback we got and feedback from myself as well um i decided to just go all crazy and all go all out with with what we can do uh so the next one will be tenfold like from the first one <laughs> so that's why it's taking a bit longer um because of the mold technology like the first ones we we made very in a creative way so it was not re- it was expensive to produce and a lot of time and effort went into into producing one um but this time i i went yeah i could not work knowing that there are super nice molds out there fully cnc machined molds and i had to get those <laughs> in order to like perfect you know and yeah we did a lot of uh, scanning with the the a lot of the footwork and um perfecting it and coming up with new ideas to um to make sure that uh there's multiple ways of producing a pair so there's like yeah. maybe a wide a wider shell uh different uh inside lining um with with different um goals in mind yeah. so 
yeah so it's going to be sick when it comes out it's going to be next level and also maybe towards another uh not only freescape so that's the only thing i'm going to say about that but <laughs> so there have to be rules now new rules too about joining the club so it's like it doesn't just join the waiting list but maybe also they have to send you two of their teeth or something <laughs> yeah yeah like- <laughs> And then maybe 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 they still won't get the skates, but they don't get their teeth back. (laughs) I know it's it's been fun. Like every time I come up with stuff like this, it kind of like people they they like it in a way, you know, because they're part of they're part of something. And for me, it's fun as well. It's it's not to um, how do you say to to scare people away. It's more to like how far or how willing are you. Uh, like to to get this pair basically and and i think it, it works because um there is a, a there's this year there's going to be a, a one-of-one uh super 10-year edition so we released the brutale 10-year and yeah. the gto 10-year and following up on this one there's going to be a 10-year anniversary um super so an spx it's going to call be called and we already have the customer for it um he doesn't know how it will look, but it's insane. So it's going to be awesome. All out, like fully documented, everything like a book. And it's, it has a special case where it, they sit in and it's like leather on the inside. And uh, skate is going to be crazy. Um, but the cool thing is like we had a, a list of people we might want to sell it to um, because it's a one of one. You kind of have to know in advance for the sizing yeah um so yeah we had like a list and then they were like kind of not fighting but on a fun way they were like i would do this i would do this and <laughs> so yeah it was fun but yeah in the end the guy from uh, texas in the u.s got it and uh yeah yeah it's gonna be fun he has the first one as well that was one of the things you need to have the first one otherwise you cannot have the, the special edition <laughs> so um yeah. one of the things um I, th- I think there are a few of your superleggera customers who asked for particular variations as a part mm-hmm. of them is that right do you want to share maybe one or two of yeah them? yeah yeah well in the beginning it was kind of like um i was i was a bit of, of searching between uh like it had a lot of potential to be a full-on speedscape mm-hmm. and it also had a lot of potential of being like a very hardcore free skate um, so in the beginning, I was kind of like exploring uh, with the direction uh, that we wanted to take it. So we offered like the F1 version that was basically like a low cut uh, boot, basically like a speed skate. And then you had like the, was it the F4 or F3? Yeah, and we named it something. And then it was like a, a, a high cut, basically like a free skate. Um, um, in the end, we had quite a lot of people asking for the low cut, but there was only two pairs made um, and there were prototypes, so samples basically. And uh, in the end, that was the funny thing with the way we produced the skate, it was the higher one was, was better than the low one, um, also with movement. So it was like, it kind of was not needed to make the low cut because of the way um, the the boot flexes inside, 
And um, a lot of people didn't realize it. And that had to do with us not giving enough promo because of uh, COVID happened and us being way too much like overworked. So we didn't have time to fully um, rise awareness. Exactly. So we didn't, we did not do any explanations on the skate or almost none. Um, And with the second one, we're working with a couple of people, very talented guys that are working with us in order to, when it comes out, to showcase what this skate really is, uh, because it is innovative in a lot of ways that people don't realize. Um, for example, a lot of people think it's, it's the, it has no flex, and it's, it is more flexible than all the other adapters, basically. Um, but uh, you need to see it, and it, and it needs to be explained in a proper way in order to see what's going on with the skate. Uh, for example, the top strap, it's not uh, stuck. So it's basically working like uh, it slides mm-hmm. uh, to, from the, uh, to the front and to the back. Um, and so basically the, the inner uh, boot can flex within the carbon. Uh, so yeah, it's a it's pretty cool piece of like engineering actually. And with the next one, this will be more clear. Uh, so we're only for next the next model. There's only gonna be the high boot and not the low one, um, because it works perfect for free skating or uh, marathon or whatever. And we're even testing different areas uh, for for the skate for different purposes. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. It's uh, for sure it's a way forward for adapt um, and. But yeah, still on a very small scale because it's really labor intensive to produce it. Um, yeah, so it's, it's different than the other adapts, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, strangest of all, maybe, is the bike shoe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's actually my, um, um, that's more of my hobby side. Uh-huh. So it's, uh, it's, that's customers that are, Kind of like friends, so we yeah. made it um, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, so we had we had uh, people asking for bike shoes, um, and I was like, yeah, why not? You know, I was a friend of mine. He used to work. He actually still works at the company that makes our frames. Um, and I said, why not? He was really into biking and and made the shoes. He never had a, a good fitting pair. Um, so I made those shoes for him and he won his first race, <laughs> like immediately, I think the day after. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was pretty cool. Uh, and he's really happy with those. He's still riding on those and never had to change anything. So they were uh, yeah. very good. So there's a lot of potential. Um, but that all had to do, I also made a, a quad skate, like a very yeah. low cut uh, quad skate. And I did some other experiments that I have them at home still. The issue was me quitting my full-time job at the ice skate uh, company and not being sure what the future will hold or how could I provide, you know. Um, so it was a bit of a scary uh, step to make. Um, even though in the past when I was young, I would do whatever, you know, I, I went from a skate shop to a skate park and never hesitated. But as you get a bit older, you, you kind of, you, you would, yeah, you still want to be that kid inside, but you can, you also have the bills and other stuff. 
so you, you need to think of like the moves you're making. And I was basically securing my spot as um, being able to build and construct multiple things in order to keep adept um, afloat, you know, yeah. if it would happen that we would not be able to live from it. So then I could be uh, making uh, bike shoes, like high-end, and I could make hockey skates. I could make, like, all those things I have built, and I have them here in in the house. Um, and they're at a really high level. Uh, the only thing is I saw a documentary about uh, this guy on Netflix, of course, who was only doing uh, ramen, like uh, the food, yeah. ramen, the noodles, and they asked him, like, what is your ambition? What do you do? And he said, that's what I do. That's what I do. And at that point, I decided that's what I do. I make skates. Yeah. And I decided for myself. And from that point, it turned. Like, it went... I was not struggling in my head anymore, like in my mind, to to do... Like, I would, I would just put everything on making the best skate. And that's basically going to be... The result you can see in the new skates, uh, but also the new Superleggera is going to be amazing because that's all I did. All I did was work, work, work on, on perfecting this one idea. And um, yeah, I basically decided that's what I'm, I'm doing right now. So I just make skates and that's it. <laughs> so... Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, glad, yeah. glad, glad you do. Um, talking about other development, like uh, the yeah. Superleggera, but then also there's mm-hmm. been um, the the new line of of the the regular skates, um, uh, mm-hmm. latest models for twenty twenty one, and some of those are special, um, uh, you know, signature skates and and special. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of the general upgrades, we talked last year. About yeah. that, when we, we you first moved across to, to speaking about the brutale and the rivale and all this this mm-hmm. uh, what what are some of the major improvements or developments or adjustments between 2020 and 2021? Yeah, so uh, as always with adapt, it's it's hard to spot basically. Mm. So I sent this email know. to you, didn't I? I said, oh, you know, maybe maybe yeah. that I, I couldn't couldn't spot it. Maybe you can tell me. Yeah. That. Yeah, exactly. So um, basically, we always fine tune it. Uh, so a couple of areas where we had some irregularities or issues um, was with the padding um, at the cuff area. So basically, starting from the bottom at the heel all the way up to the top, um, we had um, a couple of we had a different technique in 2020. Um, where we would do the foam in multiple pieces mm-hmm. and then glue it on, on each other and then put it in the skate. Um, basically, I woke up with the idea, and also because of working on the Superleggera, um, I was like, why don't we do this in one piece construction, basically? Um, so we changed uh, the foam. Uh, it is still sort of the same uh, quality, uh, it is a bit, just a bit softer, uh, but it is now a one piece uh, from the heel area to the top. Yep. And that makes a huge difference because there is not a lot of space for like a defect, basically. Um, 
can imagine if you place one piece of foam just a bit different in a handmade skate, it will feel a bit different as well. Um, so I think the overall quality uh, has been improved quite a lot. And then on the top, we actually built in a sort of like a, a foam that, that creates sort of a buffer. Um, because of the foam that we're using, um, it is, uh, when it ages, it, it basically forms to the, the, the movements and shape of your foot. Um, so at some points, like the, the foam could get a bit thinner over time and then people would not really complain, but they'd be like, okay, it's a bit like getting thin on some uh, parts. Um, so an uh, easy fix for this is just put it in the oven again and it will swell up again. So basically they're kind of like brand new again. Um, but yeah, but we actually put in like a, a sort of softer foam that like fills it up, fills up the top of it. Uh, and that's, uh, it's not really very structural. So it's mostly people like to feel the top of a skate. <laughs> they like to like, you know, when they, they try to, they want to try and uh, spin a wheel when they get a skate and also uh, press in the top of the cuff. So <laughs> we, we put in like some foam in there uh, just to make sure it's more, more filled up and it looks better as well. Um, it will age uh, better. Um, so that's something we did. We also recalculated the strap sizes. So there's two sizes on all our skates on the straps and they're recalculated because most of the times they were either too long or too short. Uh, even if you can cut them to size, still there was like quite a big gap um, with, with the straps. Uh, so we changed this. Then the internals on the eyelids, we put in a one piece, uh, nylon fiber uh, going over the entire uh, eyelid area, basically. Yep. And that was because of Julian. Uh, Julian asking us, um, he, he we were working on his pro skate and he skates normally without straps. Yeah. So he only uses the laces. Um, and for him, I would always put like double um, uh, bolt protectors on each uh, side so it looks nice. And but basically, because you don't use the strap as a sort of um, stop system for the flex, that's why the strap is there. The strap is there actually to allow a cert certain amount of flex forward. With Julian, it was all in the laces. It works, but the leather gets, uh, the leather gets a bit older uh, after time. And he ripped like a piece uh, behind the eyelids because he was only using the, uh, the laces. Yep. So I told him like, hey, that's why we have the strap. Uh, but then again, I was like, okay, but it's his pro skate. So we basically kind of have to build it the way he can skate it. Um, so we made a, a fully internal uh, nylon patch inside basically that wraps around as well. Uh, so yeah, it, it can take a lot of uh, more abuse and force without becoming more stiff or something like this. Um, so that's uh, something we changed. We changed also the dimension of the inner plate that, uh, that there's like an aluminum or oh, that used to be steel and now it's aluminum. So it's lighter um, and there's that's inside of the carbon. So you basically cannot see it. 
Um, so we changed the dimensions just okay. a bit. So okay. it, it the, works. Sole, the sole receiver bolts go into that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's just a bit like a bit changed because then um, one there will be less uh, force on the sole plate on the inside of the sole plate, especially. Um, so it doesn't allow it to warp, and then also um, it feel, yeah it's easier to get the bolts in with the UFS system. So it works just a bit more precise now, and we also upgraded the. Um, six mount system so that's now full aluminium uh, it's like a 7000 aluminium grade so it's really strong um, but it does need a bit more care with just bolting in random you know you have to just make sure you put in the bolt the proper way and then it's super strong even stronger than the steel we used um, only the steel is more foolproof basically but then again it's a high-end skate so and they can be swapped out so if you have an issue with double treading or something you can just swap out a six mount system very easy yeah. um, but that saves another 20 grams i think on the skate so yeah yeah and um so we need to say that if someone does get the um the the j-bar signature skate then actually yeah. it's not authentic to skate them with the um the straps or the 45 degree strap either <laughs> you really want to ride uh, a bar you I think those off. <laughs> I think I, I mentioned it to Julian like dude because he sent me a picture that's what they all do they send me a picture and I was like at night I opened my email I'm like just a picture of yep. like the ladder like having a, a rip in there and then I, I started, I start thinking, you know, my mind is like, oh, fuck, I need to fix it or whatever. But he was still skating on it. It was not an issue. And it was a sample. So it was early uh, pre-testing of, of the final results, basically. Um, but then I told him, like, dude, that's why we have the strap. And I think from then on, he's skating the strap, like, maybe a bit scared, like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, yeah. But now it should be fine. You know, he tested it without. Um, yep. Yeah, and it's, it's small details, you know. But it's it's normal if you think about the amount of force when landing or doing tricks over and over, and it's leather with some holes in. Basically, that's that's the end result, you know. And uh, so yeah, there's full nylon protection in there right now. So that's better. So lots of little changes, huh? Yeah, if you like, yeah, it's, uh, in the end, it looks like minor things, but yeah, it's a lot of work to, to make sure that everything is on, on point. And then, uh, also towards production, you know, that we yeah. are sure that, that, uh, we work with, uh, three people now, uh, on production yeah. and we have to make sure that they, they understand the changes and that, that everything is done properly. Uh, the way we want to, and uh, yeah, but yeah, it's it's going it's going really well, to be honest. Uh, yeah, look, it all illustrates yeah. what you've been saying about your you know wanting to make skates and way to make it well and get the details right, mm -hmm. keep developing, yeah, dancing, yeah, yeah. But yeah, even over the years, like the amount of like in the past when we started out, you know, you need to start somewhere. Um, I, I could have easily taken five years and keep developing a skate and then bring it out but you need to start somewhere so we started out with the the one you know the the 
um, Ben Armani's model. And and if I look back, you know, the amount of changes we we have done over the years, not like I don't know a lot, you know. And yeah. um, sometimes you still see people with with the older skates, which is really flattering and really nice. But it's hard to. I always say when you try on and adapt from somebody else, it's like already a bad start because the adapt kind of like forms that fast to to your feet. And it always feels weird. Like even I sometimes try out like a pair when I'm at a session or something and somebody has like an aggressive because I don't have any aggressives anymore because I only do the free skating now. Yeah. Um, but then I, I'm still curious, you know, I'm like, oh, let me try one out. Um, and it's always weird because it's not your pair of skates, you know, and it's strange. And uh, so... Yeah, it's hard to say like to customers like, hey, it is really like a big difference if you get them from new and they kind of evolve toward towards how you want them to be. Um, yeah, so that's something to to remind yourself when when you're trying out the depths from somebody like, are they one year old, are they two years old, are they yep. a lot older because they're not the same in any way, even if they look similar they're not you know and that's uh, one of the big things with adapt like we keep searching for new things uh, yeah 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 hey this is a quick little mid episode ad uh, to encourage you to consider giving towards a rollerblading novel you can check that out over at uh, the patreon linked to uh, in the episode notes um, if you've listened to the Mad Beef podcast a fair bit, and especially an episode like episode 130, what killed rollerblading and what will bring it back, you'll know that um, I'm a big believer in the need for us to build our cultural capital, not a whole bunch of things that build our breadth and depth as a whole community and culture and sport. And the idea of doing a literary novel about rollerblading is putting a little piece into that. The project is Fruit Booters, a rollerblading novel that hopefully I can get published with a traditional publisher. So if you want to help me set aside the time to get that done quickly and do it properly, um, already 10,000 words in, um, then you can go over to patreon.com slash Michael G. James. Michael G. James, all one word. There's a whole bunch of different rewards and up to um, a printed copy of the finished product signed by a bunch of past and present Aussie pro skaters. So check it out. Anyway, back to the episode. You are something the whole universe is doing. Um, the aluminium frames is a new, relatively new development. What's the feedback been like yeah. from skaters? Is that, I haven't tried those yet, but as as yeah, others have been trying those out, both aggressive and free skate. What's the feedback you've been getting? Yeah, pretty good actually. Um, yeah, um, we we didn't have a lot of like issues uh, with the first batch that we did. Um, so we we fine tuned it a bit again, you know, like the new ones that we made. It's small details, you know. Yeah. Um, just like even the drilling of the holes of the plastic is now a bit more precise. Like in the beginning, uh, for example, I think the only issue the frame could have is when it's really hot outside, the plastic um, tends to, if you would put it through a lot of stress, and I'm talking about the walls, just the walls, um, they kind of like can not 
bend, but they they yeah they they can create a small gap between the aluminium and the plastic, like maybe one or less than a millimeter, of course. But uh, that's the only thing that we had. But it's more of like uh, you don't feel it when skating. So and we changed it as well with the new one. So the plastic is a bit different. But yeah, results have been like that people are skating faster or, or at least they feel a lot faster. Uh, they're more rigid, more solid. Um, yep. Yeah, and with the, with the course, we, we had zero issue, issues, which is normal because it's overbuilt. It's, it's basically super solid. Um, I cannot imagine breaking something like this because, yeah, uh, it's just overbuilt. And um, yeah, the idea was that Sam was skating, or team rider was skating the the plastic ones, and uh, with Fees he was doing the competitions, and he wanted to have a bit more like uh, speed and to get over the obstacles because basically it's a course for BMX riding. Enormous, isn't uh, it? Yeah, exactly. So. And all the guys were switching to the power blade setups and I was against it. I was like, dude, like we worked really hard for those dimensions with the frame and this and this. So he said like, oh, maybe I should try an aluminium. And that was the thing. I was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to make you one, you know, <laughs> like, you're not going to try another one. Like if you try one, it's going to be like a symmetrics one and it's going to be good. <laughs> so, yeah. So we, we went uh, kind of all out with, producing that frame it it doesn't make sense with the amount that it costs to produce um yeah i would i would say like people that say it's expensive they should try to visit a store and have it like mis machined out themselves out of a block and see what the price is that they come up with <laughs> because it's so expensive to, to produce but yeah it looks nice and it, it's is just a nice feature to add with, with the adept roster basically. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I think everybody's excited with the frame. Yeah, it is a bit of an investment, of course. Um, yeah. yeah. But but again, if you if you look at it like we're not gonna switch the core uh, to a different core anytime soon. Yeah. So that means uh, that would be like a shitty thing to do. You know, when you make a frame, that was basically in the past that happened with a couple of brands. They come out with something like, hey, you can swap out this and this. And then the, the year after, they don't produce it anymore. So basically, you kind of bought into the idea of, hey, I, this frame can, you know, I can have this frame for a longer time. Yeah. But then you don't have the parts to, <laughs> to make it work. <clears throat> so yeah, with adapt we like with all our products, we kind of want to have like uh, yeah that you're still able after a couple of years to still use uh, the core, and then yeah, all the add-ons and stuff will still fit. So yeah. yeah, yeah, we even keep spares and stuff from older skates or like for example the <clears throat> um, yeah the older stelts and stuff. They had like different mountings or different six mounts. We still have like. A <clears throat> hundred sets of those laying around, just in case. You know, if somebody would be like, "Hey, I want to rebuild my skate or whatever," we still have it. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, we just yeah. the description there you had of uh, interaction with um, with Sam on the. Um, uh, I, I want I want to move to a different frame and that back back and forth between uh, you and him on that. I guess yeah. that illustrates the um, there is a. a 
a really valuable creative partnership you have with the skaters uh, and you talked yeah. interaction with with Julian on that as well that that's a really useful yeah. part of the adapt experience as well the the skaters you work with do become partners with you in developing yeah yeah exactly for sure it's it it not with everybody um uh, but the the people on, on the skaters on the team right now we we have a really good connection with so <clears throat> in the past it was for us a bit of a struggle trying to find uh, a fine line between what riders will work with with us as well yes. um, yeah. and what is good for you know promo but in the end we decided we're not going the promo route and we just want to have a good connection with our riders and and that's more important than having the latest or the greatest uh, uh, next runner-up rider uh, and then again having to build up a full-on relationship with, with, with the rider um, especially when it comes to developing products because uh, if we take on a new rider um, we we always make sure that they know what the depth is and um, yeah that, that they're aware of what we can do and what we cannot do or what we want to do yeah um, and that they fit you know the, the that they like the, the product and not that we're just be like hey here's adapts and skate them and whatever. Um, they really need to be committed to the brand and really like the brand. And then if you understand the brand and if you understand the skate and how we work, um, then I'm open for any suggestions, basically. With Julian, it was in the beginning, he had a, a sort of, they always want to do that kind of, they want to, add something and which is normal and very cool um but sometimes not in a way it's it's right or working or performance related going to be better mm -hmm. so the first stage is mostly like uh i want to change i don't know like the the pattern uh, or the color you know mm. and i'm really performance uh you know my focus is always on performance so I would tell them like, okay, we can try something like this, but do you also understand that there is a reason why we're doing this? And then if they understand it, they're like, oh, okay, yeah, leave it, it's fine. But for example, Julian came up with the bolt protector, uh, yeah. which is pretty cool. And uh, in our Adapt 10-year book, we actually have like a full two pages where we talk about it. Um, and also give credit to Julian because uh, yeah, it, it's pretty cool. And then Julian also was the one that was like, reminded us how important it was the sound of landing with an adept. Yep. He was always, uh, when I'm, when he told us like, when I'm at a session, people are like, you cannot hear him land. It, it's like very dis distinctive sound. And uh, with prototypes, we would sometimes like swap out the fiber or do something else in order to find, you know, maybe something else. Um, weight reduction or whatever but in the end we decide no we have to keep those values within the brand that make the adapt the adapt you know um yeah. so yeah and and i think all the riders right now they they really understand with julian we have a great connection it's it's for me it's yeah to be honest it has been always like kind of 
a, a, a dream to to work with him and the way we work with him so it's it's never difficult or but he exactly like he shows me the picture of i have this ripped piece on my skate and how can we fix it you know and and at first i'm always a bit like uh, how do you say it not, not, not like hesitant but um because i have to think of so many things to uh, make the skate better you know yeah. sometimes yeah. i'm like oh dude you know like do the do the strap and you won't have the issue you know <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah but yeah. but then i'm like wait you know uh, and it I sounds like when there is good trust between you and skaters and they know you and you know them then they're willing to yeah. you a little bit as well and say no no come on let's think about yeah it. yeah yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, so, landing. I just want to share this with you. I um I sent a message to Casey Gurgity because I knew he skated adapts for a long time and I was curious why yeah. he wasn't. And that's a separate question. Um, but he, he yeah. didn't say anything negative about adapt. It was different reasons anyway. But but one thing yeah, he yeah. was he said, uh, I loved the landings. I the USD yeah, yeah. the landing sounded like plastic, he said. I love yeah. that super solid sound. And then we went on talking for a while about a good yeah. funky landing <laughs> um, that the adapt skate gives. And so I mean he obviously is a very strong aggressive skater too. Yeah. Um, and uh and yeah, definitely makes that sound. You know, in his videos, you can hear it, can't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a, with, with him like um we we asked him to be on the team, um, but he was at that point when we asked. You know, sometimes the stars mm -hmm. kind of have to align. You sure, know, sure. yeah. And we had the same with with Mike Lilly in the past. You know, it, it, everything is still good. You know, between us, it, it's all good, and it's not it it's not always drama. You know. Yeah. And with uh, Casey, it, um, I really dig his stuff. You know, when I see <laughs> when I see the projects they do, it, it makes me smile. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> for me that's it's amazing. I, yeah. And I, I think the way he he wrote me uh, as well is like a lot of respect. And for me, when you give respect, you get kind of respect back. You know. Yeah. And but at the point when when he asked, I think he he first bought the skates and. Um, then he, I don't know, I think we, we wanted to, I think we gave him a pair at one point because I saw the section. Oh, yeah, I think that was the thing. He, he bought skates and I saw that section that he did and I was blown away, you know, and I told him, like, dude, if you're serious about this, like, we, we can put you, like, on pro, you know, because yeah. I think his skating reflects it. Yeah. And, but at that point, I think he wrote me back. I'm not 100% sure how the timeline went, but I think he wrote me back. Like at that point, he was just happy with skating the skates and, and he was at a different point in his life. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think in the end, he, you know, people are free. They're curious, you know, to try out other, other skates. Uh, cool. Or, and it, it also gives you like, uh, I don't know, like, like, I, I had over 120 pairs of skates when I was a kid and it made, it made me into, you know, wanting to have a good pair of skates. And sometimes you see people choosing for image wise, which is also fine. And then sometimes they go back and they're like, okay, but I want more performance wise, you know, mm -hmm. but for example, with Instagram, it's like, it's easy to be brainwashed, which is also good. You know, it's not bad, 
Um, but even I have a, I have an Instagram for my only uh, motorbikes and cars because I'm into that. And it's easy to be brainwashed, you know, and then you're like, oh, maybe I should get something like this or I shouldn't get a yeah. motorbike like this. And yeah, there's nothing wrong with experimenting. And, and uh, the same with wheels, for example, you know, not a lot of people are really committed to one brand. Um, they try out stuff and then at one point these wheels work for you and then the other day they don't work for you and there's nothing wrong with, with supporting different brands. Um, so that's how I see it with Casey. I think we're still very good with, with each other. We, we never had any arguments and yeah, uh, he also wrote us. One of the things he loved was that landing sound and the fact that you mentioned yeah, that. Yeah. It is yeah. one of, the, the, one of the, the pleasures of the skates, yeah 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 exactly so yeah every skate has their own thing and you know if, if you feel if you look down and, and you see like a, a couple of cool skates and you're happy with it then that's fine you know that's that's all it takes as long you know i used to have like a pair of pants that i, I really didn't like and then your skating is off you know <laughs> because of a pair of pants yeah you know you're like ah. Oh, this pants again fuck and i would be at the park and like ah something is wrong you know or or you're having a, a shirt that is not right, you know? It, it's all, it is all small things. And yeah. if all your friends are riding or skating one brand and, and you kind of want to do that as well, sure, you know, why not? Um, for me, I, I choose always like performance and there never has to be a big name or brand on it, you know? Uh, I'd rather have the... the very cool machines part instead of the one that everybody has you know and, yeah but that's my that's my personal taste so yeah you know. before we run out of time uh, uh, i i thought it, i suggested with you on the emails it would be good just to pause and and reflect a little on julian's career as a skater because yeah. you're celebrating that with a signature skate with you but he's had a, a very long uh, high level skating career, hasn't he? He's skated for exactly. some of the big brands and been in some of the most important videos. And so, what are your thoughts yeah. on uh, just thinking about Julian as a progressive skater, you know, looking at his career and then what part, I suppose, uh, Adapt has played in that career and what his skating has been like during his time with you? Yeah. Yeah, I think Julian has had a very interesting and long career. Yeah. Um, and I always had a, a respect for his skating. So depending on what uh, other people would say, in the end, I would always be like, mm, yeah, but what he does, you know, he's he's giving a lot of influence to, to people. If, if, if I look back at, at the beginning, like the, the phys when he was writing on the physics, Masters of Delusion, um section and then the ego section and everybody all the kids around my neighborhood were dressing like like julian with be unique clothing you know the sweatpants and yes and uh, they were just copying him and that always like got stuck in my head i never copied him so <laughs> but uh all the other kids did and i think having still such an icon in the sport is really important and uh, that's always why we had some at one point we had people saying like at first they were like why is julian in the team well basically if you look at his skating and not follow gossip or whatever it's clear 
why shouldn't he be on the team? And um, I think a lot of people always kind of wanted to have like the dirt on Julian um, because he's an interesting character. You know, he's, he, he's an entertainer. He, he performs on a very high level within skating, but he's also a performer, you know, and, and um, on other levels. And for me, it, it's always been a good relationship with Julian. And the fact that um, we're giving him another pro skate is fully based on our friendship, but also the fact that I fully respect uh, what he has done for uh, skating and that he's still doing this and you cannot buy another Julian, you know, you cannot get another Julian in your team basically. So for me to have him on adapt and, and to keep him on adapt is, is important. And also as a, I think it's mutual because there was at the point where he uh, came to adapt, that was not the best time skating wise. Uh, of his career and uh, a lot of people had doubts and also reflected those doubts to us and in the end we never had any issue working with him and uh, as long as everybody is clear and and yeah just talking about uh, things uh, yeah there is one thing in 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 but that's with the entire industry um in the beginning, it was I was brought up with the idea that pro skaters could live like fully from skating, yeah. and that was always in my in my mind, you know. And yeah. now that I'm actually running a company, I'm I'm seeing that is not. I don't know how they did it in the past. Well, it's probably numbers and a lot of sales, like different sales and adapt, yeah. um, like the volume, you know. Yeah. And um, that is one of the things that I'm always, um, how do you say it? I've, I've, I think it's sad. Yeah. <laughs> well, not sad, but we cannot, we cannot like fully pay a rider full time. Yeah. And, and, and that is really difficult. Like with the royalties we give, I think we have the most, most royalties per skate. Uh, ever always we did with every pro skate that came out yeah um, I don't think anybody gives per skate sold that much money um, but it is you know in the end that's that's not enough to support the full-on lifestyle and uh, but he's doing great like he he's like a, a chameleon he, he just does other stuff and and I think in his life right now he's had a really good place and and yeah i think he's he's also happy in life and yeah it, it reflects it the way he acts and how he is um so yeah it, it, it it's an honor to have him on the team um yeah for it's sure good. i'm glad we could do that because it is good to sort of pause and just sort of celebrate sort of a great yeah. of the you know the of the sport like that so thank you yeah for, uh yeah, yeah for allowing us to do that are there any things you want to make sure you say before we finish up our conversation today, Peter? Um, no, I, I, I'd like to say thanks uh, to you for giving the opportunity again to have a good chat. Uh, yeah, these, these, these moments are getting more rare. Um, 
I, I like to, <laughs> I don't know, I don't, I don't do any, that much interviews anymore. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, no, that, I think that's, uh, and it's cool that you're still doing this. And uh, yeah, um, yeah. And yeah, I'm, I'm still excited for what rollerblading and, and has to bring in the future, you know, and uh, see where it all goes to. And it's nice to see, even though Corona was like a bad thing, it's nice to see that rollerblading in general picked up, you know, globally because of it. Yeah. yeah, that's that's crazy. That's that's a crazy part of, of life, you know, to to have this. And and I would say we, we have to take this opportunity to to uh, make it bigger, you know, and, and stronger, stronger as as well as as a, a sport or you know lifestyle. Yeah, I'm still finding time for you guys to have your days off and your nights off, and um, and not uh, not burn out in the process somehow. Yeah, and skate a bit more. In the end, that's what I need. I just need to skate, and I'm all good. You know, <laughs> best stress reliever. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's really nice to chat again, and uh, we'll, we'll catch up again sometime soon, man. Cool. All right. Thank you for the opportunity. I'll let you know when this is posted up online. I'll pause the recording. All right. Cool. Mad Beef Rollerblading Podcast is produced by Mikey Lynch, theme music by Edifice Architect. You can subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher, and get in touch with us on our Facebook page. Mad Beef is supported by Skater HQ. You can find them online at skaterhq.com.au. We are also supported by our growing number of Patreon patrons. To support the podcast, find us on Patreon. Even just $2 a month, every little bit helps.